0: Hello, everybody. This is Mark Mar, your lifestyle entrepreneur. Today I have my dear friend, Heather, who's going to share a ton of value with you. So Heather, please take your time to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself to my audience.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks for having me, Mark. Good to see you. Um, so I am Heather Pierce Campbell. I'm the legal website warrior. I'm an attorney and legal coach based here in Seattle, Washington. Um, The the short version of the story is that I have practiced law for 18 years and about five years ago, I created a second business called the Legal Website Warrior. And it's a business designed specifically to support the information, actually the legal needs of information entrepreneurs. And these are coaches, consultants online educators, speakers, and authors. And um, this community is not well served by the traditional legal industry. And that's something that I learned after being in the industry a while, having friends in the information industry who said, you know, you've got to help us out. There are not tools and resources for us. And um, so I created a whole second business model and I basically have two ways of serving the same audience
0: all right that's an incredible service first of all because mm. you know some of us entrepreneurs like to get creative <laughs> <laughs> and, and think outside of the bus. like that's that's by default our nature so mm. definitely having your service is definitely keeps us out of trouble for the other side of the world so we don't want to you know go to the jail or anything like that so tell me like obviously you are providing a great service right how did you come up with an idea dad's like hey i want to provide this particular service as compared to you could have picked anything else
1: yeah so a couple things one is i i have a heart for entrepreneurs i was raised in a very entrepreneurial family myself my dad has always been a lifelong entrepreneur i've been entrepreneurial since i was a little kid and so it's you know What's the phrase about not being able to connect the dots looking forward, but you can always connect them looking backwards, right? I think it's a famous Steve Jobs quote. But I look back and I'm like, oh, of course I'm in this place protecting entrepreneurs in this way and in a way that is outside of the box, right? In part because, again, my own entrepreneurial nature and then just my love for people that are really working i i know and i've seen and i've i've lived both th- through my dad's path through other friends in the entrepreneur world like what it takes to actually build a business and even if it's a solopreneur type business and or an online what i call information business like i know the guts and the commitment and the the heart that it takes to do that and like I said, having practiced law by that point, you know, 12 or 13 years, I could see that these folks didn't go to the traditional legal marketplace to get their legal needs met. And so there was this gap in the marketplace where um, small business owners and specifically, you know, solo entrepreneurs, information entrepreneurs just weren't getting the support that they needed. And it's an area that I care a lot about. People in this space are doing personal transformation work. They're doing coaching and consulting across all kinds of topics, right? But they're they're usually very mission driven, conscientious entrepreneurs. And so um, they're you know some of my clients make millions of dollars a year in their business. They have thriving businesses but they still did not go to the traditional legal marketplace to get their legal needs met and it's partly just the way these businesses get started and evolve but they're doing really, really legitimate work and very interesting things in the world. And so I just, you know, I think that getting the legal support that we need as entrepreneurs should be easier than it is. And I, design, you know, I set out to design a set of tools and some automation and some things that will help people in that space to get legal support much more accessibly.
0: Oh, that's awesome and like i said before legal support is definitely keeps us entrepreneurs in life Mm -hmm. rather than us getting too creative so tell me this out of all the different entrepreneurs have you worked with Mm -hmm. what are some of the common patterns that people ask for legal advice like what are the common things they ask for it
1: yeah, absolutely. So one of the ways that people, I mean, it's like the phone call I just got. Um, the ways that people end up at my door is usually, and this is just the reality with legal support is that people know they need it. They they understand it's somewhere on their list of things to do, but there's a lot of fear around it. There's a lot of barriers to entry that keep pe- keep people from even what I call opening. The opening the legal box, right? They don't even want to look inside of it because they're so nervous that like what they're going to find is much bigger than they even thought was there. And I really want to take away some of the um, confusion around that there, there are some very basic and not basic as in like easy, but there are some really straightforward, understandable supports that most entrepreneurs in this space could get in place much more accessibly than they understand and would go a really long way towards protecting their businesses. And so um, some of the common pitfalls are, you know, growing a business quickly and like, not even putting a business entity in place at first, right? So people remaining a sole proprietor, especially in the coaching and consulting space, people often think like, oh, you know, I'm just doing this thing at home from my home office, I'll be fine. They they really minimize what they're doing to try to like keep themselves out of the world of businesses that need legitimate legal support. Um, a lot of times people people have VAs or web designers or somebody that gets their business in trouble because they don't understand copyright laws. They're copying right. stuff off the internet. They're duplicating somebody else's work. They're stealing somebody's documentation and putting it on their own site. It's, um, so there's lots of ways where that goes wrong. And then one of the other ways is like this gal that just called me, Having somebody either steal your work, so coaches, consultants, speakers, authors, launching digital courses or programs or they've got a signature talk somebody taking those elements and creating their own business, right? Just duplicating somebody else's digital content and calling it their own. So, so having that type of work stolen and ripped off um, is a real problem and not having put protections in place for it on the front end. People can avoid some of those risks by doing things the right way at the start. Um, And then finally, you know, something as simple as a chargeback request, Being in the online space and making online sales, small businesses and these types of entrepreneurs, a certain percentage of your sales are going to be subject to chargeback requests. And and it's actually called friendly fraud. People that buy the program or product or service, consume it, know that like it was their choice. Somebody didn't rip off their credit card and purchase it for them. They purchased it and because they just it's a convenient thing to do and they know a certain percentage of these chargeback requests are just granted they'll they'll there's a strong likelihood especially if an entrepreneur doesn't have terms of purchase in place which govern the sale or they don't have a client contract in place that the credit card company or the merchant account is just going to hand back the money so now as an entrepreneur you have sold the product or program you've delivered it And now you have to give the money back. it's It's a double, like the cost of a chargeback request to a small business is usually two to three times the amount of the original sale. Yeah. So these are all the ways that people end up at my doorstep. I mean, there's lots more, but those are a lot of the common ones.
0: Right. I mean, especially, in you know, like you say, in the digital world, you don't know where that person is going to be from. You could be living in New York and the person who bought stuff for you could be living in, I don't know, in India or in Afghanistan or UK or London, French or whatever. So how does that work in terms of legal advice from you? Like, for uh, I don't know if you practice international law or not, or, or how? Well,
1: yeah, great question. Um, international sales definitely increases your risk. So even on the risk of chargeback requests, it your risk goes up if you're doing international business. But a lot of people are. In the coaching, consulting, information space, most of our websites are international, and they're accessible, you know, to, to folks around the world. And for a lot of people that works well, because you get this expanded economy, you get to access people who you really can support. But at the same time, the risk goes up. And so um, there are definitely legal issues that you have to consider in regards to, you know, international business. And um, you just have to know what you're doing. I tell people the online world of business is the wild west of business. People do all sorts of crazy things online, because, they don't know the rules, right? Or they're just ignorant and not ignorant in, you know, a derogatory way. Like they just really have an absence of knowledge around a certain topic. And so, um, so people just make simple mistakes all the time. Like even in email marketing or, um, or digital marketing. I had somebody call me last week or the week before and a friend had used facts, like good old fashioned facts system to fax somebody and offer, um, That, if you don't have consent from a business to receive faxes from you that are, you know, selling products or services, you can be subject to like a 16 or $20,000 penalty per fax. So it's things like this where people get clever. They think like, oh, I've got a fax number. I'm just going to fax this over. Um, But if you're soliciting business, if you're engaging in, you know, basically attempting marketing and you're violating the Can Spam Act or you're violating the Telephone Consumer Protection Act or the Telephone Sales Rule, there's various federal level laws in the United States that protect against certain kinds of marketing behavior. And people regularly are stepping into potholes because they don't know what those rules are.
0: Right, definitely. And then you know, obviously, you may have and I have. Obviously, everyone has been victim of that. You know, spam calls, mm. telemarketers, and then you know, it's, it's, it's crazy. We're out there. So yeah, definitely. Mm. So tell me, how can people get in touch with you, first of all, and. Let's start from there. Well, how can people get in touch with you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I'm easy to find. You can go to my website, legalwebsitewarrior.com. I've got a contact form on there. I spend a lot of time connecting on LinkedIn. A lot of my people are in LinkedIn. Um, and so LinkedIn is a great social media platform for me. You can just find me under my name, Heather Pierce Campbell. Um, and then I can also be found on Facebook. Um, I'm the Legal Website Warrior on Instagram. So I'm various places.
0: I'm just curious how did you come up with the legal warrior name yeah (laughs) that's that's like a very unique name
1: well thank you I like it I'm a fan um you know when I went to create the second business this online business dedicated to supporting the legal needs of information entrepreneurs. I mean, I wanted the online part to be the hook because so many people are focused on creating these online businesses, online platforms where they're distributing content and creating a database. You know, they've got membership sites and some people are hosting other people's content depending on what they're building. And so I just really I I want people primarily to understand the risk that goes along with being in the online world and how to readily protect against some of those risks with some basic education, basic supports. And so for me, the legal website warrior kind of captured that. And, you know, people who know me, I've got a warrior's heart in in a lot of ways, and I'll save all the stories, but I consider myself a warrior, not only for entrepreneurs and for my clients, but... For my, like, I take a stand for people building their own businesses. I take a stand for people becoming a more strategic leader of their own business. Like, I'm a warrior for people building legitimate businesses, even if they're small businesses and they're designed to support them as a coach or consultant. The reality is that when we do better work in the world and we're able to do that when we build stronger businesses, We can support families. We can give back to our communities. We can support causes in the world that we care about. Like we literally are just more successful, but that requires having the supports that we need. And one of the key supports in anybody's business building journey is structure, legal structure, legal contracts to protect the day-to-day work, to protect business relationships. And so for me, the, the legal website warrior, like when I did a brainstorm session to start this business, it was just... Like it was obvious, it clicked. And when I compared it to other options that um, came to mind, there wasn't even a a second one that came in close. And so that's how I chose it. Yeah,
0: definitely a very powerful and, you know, authoritative and unique. That's Mm -hmm. three words I would describe it like. It's really creative, definitely. Mm -hmm. So great job on that name. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Uh, So tell me, if somebody were to ask you, for advice to start his or her own business, being that mm-hmm. you're in you are entrepreneur. So, in other words, if someone wants to become an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. what advice would you give that person?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one, I think. We don't get to skip business fundamentals. I'm all for supporting people with an entrepreneurial heart. And, you know, I think the path to entrepreneurship, like the reason I love it so much and I care about protecting people in this space is I really feel like. Entrepreneurship is one of the greatest opportunities we have in our life for the expression not only of ourselves, but the expression of good in the world. Entrepreneurs really have an opportunity to change things and change, change the dialogue, change the marketplace, change the way that things go in the world. And so, um, you know, I'm really, really committed to supporting people on that path. And we can't forget business fundamentals. Just having an idea that you're passionate about is not enough, although it's great. I think you really have to do the work to explore. Is it sustainable? Is there a marketplace? You have to evaluate the things that, That people should be looking at anytime you're gonna put time, energy, resources, including financial resources, into creating something. And so that might just take some basic market testing. It might take, you know, launching an idea or a product or a service and doing it really quickly where you get to test does this work? Will this float? And I think too many people spend way too long of a time just trying to figure out where to start. Versus launching, just testing it and pushing it out into the world. I've seen it time and again, people think like, oh, I need to get more education or I need to start by doing it for free or there's all these things that they let get in the way. And my advice is if you have an idea, launch it. Go straight to the top when it comes to your clients or who you think you can help. Don't play small. Go right directly to the people that you think you can serve and ask them, would this serve you? If I offered it in this way, you know, and, and really just test the market, find out quickly so that you can iterate, you can turn around and fix it if it doesn't work, or you can t- you can choose a different path, but don't spend too long in that initial phase of thinking like you've got to figure it all out yourself. Like take it to the market.
0: Yeah, that's a great advice, and I'm so glad you brought that up because I know a lot of people, they gotta have it.
1: Everything
0: perfect. It needs to be exact same thing that the idea that they have in their head. And if if it takes them two years, five years, and when they finally get it to the marketplace, like nobody wants to buy it or nobody cares for it. It's like, what's the point? So they literally build a product or services that would they only they will use it and no one else. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it with the way you say it. It's like, just test it out first and then see what the market wants. And then you update it or modify it according to the market because you're the people who are going to pay you the money for it. So
1: Well, that's right. And people think they, I think one of the misperceptions we have is that you need to have a perfect looking website or you have to have all of this backend stuff in place to actually do the work. And it's not true. If you have a telephone or you have an email account, You can be doing the work and the reason i say that is like even when i launched the idea of the legal website warrior i didn't have my website up yet i didn't have a clear path and like everything laid out the way that it was in my head but i had an email and i jumped right onto email and reached out to people that were very high up in their industries That i said look you know i've been on your site i can see what you're up to in your business and you're doing amazing things i think i can support you when it comes to your online work here's what i do let me know if you're interested in talking and i got some fabulous clients that way and so for me i just i really appreciate the advice from business coaches and people early on that that gave me the advice like be in action my my coach jacob roy who I'll give a shout out to stay in action And go to the top, go directly to who you think you can serve, because people regularly play small, they undervalue themselves, they undervalue their service, they don't push it out there quickly enough, because they think they need all this other stuff. And you don't, you just need contact with people.
0: Definitely. I'm so glad you mentioned the coaching part because I feel like in my world where I am right now, if I want to get ahead, I just go find somebody who's an expert, hire that mm. person. And then that way, if they have years and years of experience, they could tell me things like, hey, you shouldn't do X, Y, and Z because two, two months from now or two years from now, you're going to hit this roadblock thing. So mm. what are your thoughts on coaching, hiring a coach or getting coached by somebody else? So what are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Definitely a fan. And I'll I'll start off by saying that when I graduated law school, like I hung out my own shingle. I literally and this was back in like, oh, two, when people didn't do that, you didn't leave law school and then start a legal practice on your own. And for me, I sat down. I was still like typing letterhead and not even sending emails. I mean, we had email, but I was like literally sending out hard copy letters and little crappy business cards that I printed myself and letting people know like, hey, I'm in business. And um, the thing about, about coaching, the thing that I was willing to do even from the start is create mentors out of people that I met that were steps ahead of me that had the knowledge that I needed because I was working on my own. Like I had to do that. And I knew it. I wasn't in a, in a law firm with built in support. And so I created a lot of mentors in the marketplace. I reached out continually to people to ask for support, to get their feedback, to ask for advice, even to just benefit from the specialty that they had created in their practice or, you know, their focus area. um, Since attorneys can't technically specialize, but, Wait, Anyways, can't? no you can't actually not in Washington you cannot claim to have a specialty because it's against the rules of professional conduct but you you can have a focus area right you can do the bulk of your work in a, in a specific area but it's not like when you go to law school you actually specialize in a certain niche of the law you you learn about how to learn the law you learn about how to study the law right. um so so I've always been very willing to enroll people as mentors and seek out, like naturally seek out coaching myself. And when I went to start the second business, I've hired consistently business coaches, you know, every year, every couple of years, like the key is knowing your own needs. What, what specifically, Are you looking to gain from a mentoring or business coaching relationship? Because the mistake that I see people making is hiring somebody as a business coach and thinking they're going to solve all my problems. No, that business coach will probably teach you one or two things really well in a a specific area that they do well. They're not going to solve all your problems. You need to know Like you need to have enough clarity about your own path, about what is it that you need to learn next to take your business to the next level and get clarity on that first so that you know, like, is your challenge overcoming sales? Is your challenge that you don't have back-end business systems? Is your challenge that, you know, you need to be able to grow a team and you don't know how to do that? You've got to have at least enough clarity that you can zero in on a topic so that you- can then make a much better choice in the marketplace of business coaches or mentors or whoever you're going to hire for that support because you know specifically what you're looking for otherwise i think it's really easy to wander around and hire the wrong person
0: yeah i'm so glad you brought that up because i was gonna suggest like you can go deep dive into it like what are your things like what do you look for a coach or whatever but mm-hmm. i'm so glad you're like way ahead of me so like you're already thinking of all the questions that when i'm ask like oh, answer that <laughs> answer
1: that <laughs> i'm also a mind reader did i forget to mention yeah that was
0: (laughs) (laughs) i totally forgot to mention that
1: part
0: (laughs) so so tell me a little bit about yourself like in terms of personal wise what do you like to do like what what activity what, what what are you all about
1: yeah absolutely so i'm also a mom i've got two little people right so right now in the time of covid um Things are busy because I've got a three-year-old and an eight-year-old and they both just had birthdays in the last couple of weeks. So they were two and seven, now three and eight. And um, very, very busy, fun little people. So right now, my life looks pretty much like either working or momming, right? We're we're not doing a lot of getting out and socializing or doing other activities. We play in the yard. We feel very grateful that we've got a trampoline. We walk the neighborhood. You know, we do what we can, but we we take quarantine pretty seriously. And we try to protect ourselves and other people by playing our part. But, um, you know, if I were to go back pre-COVID, you know, with kids, we really like to adventure together. We love nature. We love getting out and seeing the world and especially visiting really, really beautiful parts of nature. And so um, my husband's a biologist by training. Okay. Yeah, he's a scientist, but um, he, you know, that's one of the, uh, our passions that we share together. And so it's really fun to to have that and to have kiddos and be able to explore that time together as a family. Okay. So I'm um-
0: Just for my own personal Mm -hmm. curiosity, is is there a such thing called personal and a professional life balance, or is there integration?
1: (laughs) Great question. I wonder that myself. Um, I consider it more of a flow. The way that I look at balance is not have you achieved a balance in any particular day? Because as a mom and for people that are listening that either have children or elements of their life that they can't control, let's be honest, that's many of us. um, Like, You may have many days in a row where there's not balance on that particular day, but maybe you achieve balance over the course of a week. You might have one day or two that's really, really heavy when it comes to work or schedules, and then you're able to have a day off or have more family time or balance things out in that way. And so the way that I look at it is that if you can achieve balance kind of over the flow of time, you're doing well. But if your goal is to have perfect balance every day, it's going to be a struggle
0: yeah i (laughs) agree with that yeah definitely because you're always going to be like it doesn't work out that way. Let's just say.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Client projects come up, you know, kid things come up. I've had my work schedule totally swiped by kids when somebody gets sick or something happens. And so it's, you know, I really, I mean, definitely I see, you know, our personal lives and our business lives as heavily intertwined. You don't really get to separate the two. But um, for me, you know, the goal is a little bit more balance over time and not perfect balance every day of the week.
0: So is there like a cutoff that after X amount of time, I'm off the computer, I'm off the cell phone, I'm off the work mode, or that never happens?
1: Oh, you know, I'm struggling with this right now. Because of COVID, my schedule has shifted where I'm working much later at night than I normally am. And I'm trying to rebalance that and create some new workflows that will help me streamline some areas of my work. But Generally right now, because my husband is an essential employee in his work, he goes in every day for work at like 5 or 6 a.m. And then he's coming home at 11 or noon. And then I start. So I'm home with kiddos in the morning. And then I start and I work from home at 11 or noon. I'm starting my work day. And then I'm usually working right up until about dinner time. We tend to take evenings together where we with kids we make dinner we've been really good about like doing evening walks as a whole family and going for a big you know hour-long walk through the neighborhood and i call it getting our nighttime wiggles out with our two little people um and then you know it's bedtime our three-year-old really fights bed and so the struggle we're having right now is getting her to go down at a reasonable time that allows me still to get a little bit of work in later in the evening so I'm working on it. That part's a work in progress for me, not to be up late on my computer working, you know, after kids' bedtimes.
0: Oh yeah, I can, especially during the time that we are, it's very really yeah. difficult. Especially with people who are entrepreneurs who are working from home, it's like, yes. you don't know when the day starts or when the day ends. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes you can get up like two o'clock in the morning and like, day starts now, and then sometimes it's like two o'clock in the evening. It's like, yeah. wow, it's crazy, so yeah. <laughs> This is definitely a struggle, <laughs>
1: yeah, I, I I can say overall, I've done a better job with block scheduling recently, right? So I've got several days a week where I block schedule all of my client calls, all of my introductory calls. I, um, you know, when I'm on other people's podcasts, I can't really block schedule that. But when I'm recording my own podcast, I block schedule, you know, like every other week I have an afternoon that I open up for podcast recordings. And so that has really helped to really chunk my work by type um, into block schedules. And so that, you know, that has helped. I still find that the normal cushion that I had in my day to do some of the follow-up work in the time of COVID and just this intense time of having to parent and like take care of everything at the same time, that's, that's been squeezed to the side. And so I feel like I don't have as much cushion time. And so the actual, you know, I can have all of my calls on a particular day, but I might still be up way too late doing some of the follow-up. So that's where I've still got some room to improve my scheduling and actually now schedule in that cushion, schedule in that follow-up. So that's what I'm working on currently.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. I have mm. used my calendar down to the point where, like, I'm going to schedule this and schedule it. If it's not on calendar, uh-huh. I am not doing it. Yeah. Stuff. yeah, definitely a good way, like, especially if people who are entrepreneurs, when you don't know when your day is going to start and when yes. your day is going to end. Schedule that and you heard it from the Heather. <laughs> and she's the expert. Right. <laughs> she's, she's the expert. So you better go do that. So Heather... D- it's been a truly a plus having you here. So, once again, first of all, thank you so much for being here. Uh, last parting advice that you would like to give your five-year younger self. What would that be to get ahead in life or in more specifically in business?
1: Mm, I love that. I mean, a couple things. One, just on the mindset piece, and this goes, this is like right in line with my own podcast, that, and it's called Guts, Grit, and Great Business. But the theme is really around remembering that whether it's the entrepreneurial path, building a business, whether it's parenting, right? So some of us as parents have specific challenges or children that need certain types of support, like remembering that it's a marathon, not a sprint, I think can really help us get through times where, you know, we want to see results tomorrow. And that's just not usually how it works. Um, And then also, I think really paying careful attention to where you get your joy in work, where you really thrive and working as hard as possible to do more of that in your business and less of some of the other stuff. I wish that I'd hired some things out sooner in my business. I've got great help right now. I still need to work on hiring additional help, but, um, you know, hiring out and really getting things off your plate that are either not your zone of genius or not things that you love doing. I think, you know, people, um, you just can't do that early enough. That's, that's my two cents.
0: Oh my God. There I thought we had the conversation ended. Now we got with another topic. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is an
0: amazing conversation.
1: So the other thing that I want to ask you
0: is like, mm-hmm. when you go to hire somebody, what are mm-hmm. some of the qualities you look for that's going to help your business?
1: Mm, I love this question. And especially so I'll say the caveat is that last year, I spent the whole year managing a team of 15 people in a local Seattle firm, it was a side project, a consulting project. And so I got to really practice hands on experience managing people. And I've only ever had like a couple of helpers at a time in my own business. But um, I think, you know, you need to evaluate again, where are your strengths? And where do you need somebody to to fill in the gaps, right? So first analyzing from a gap standpoint, what do you really need when it comes to support and finding somebody who is a natural self-starter in those areas. So in my business, um, even though I can be organized and I love to be organized, it's it's not my first priority. I'd rather do the work and I'd rather do the interfacing with clients. I'd rather um, do the relationship building. And so having somebody in the back end who's really organized that can help me keep up with systems and develop new systems, I think is really key. But, um, you know, so analyzing your gaps, gaps, finding somebody who's a self starter and really enjoys that area is the first part. And then the other thing I think is, and sometimes you honestly just don't know this until you've hired somebody is relationship and communication wise. Do you speak the same language? Some people are very figurative, and they speak in concepts and other people are really literal. You need to find somebody that you can communicate easily with. And that may just take some interview time trying to figure that out. And if you don't figure it out and you make the wrong hire, like put people on a test period, put people on two to three months of not probation, but just a test period to figure out, do we like working together and be really upfront at the beginning of that work period? If we don't, if for some reason it's not working Just know that I'm gonna let you go because I want us both to have a great fit. And I think as much as possible, being really direct and upfront allows you the grace later to say, hey, for whatever reason, this is not a great fit, right? We have a tough time communicating or we have a different cadence or rhythm around how we talk about things. And um, like when when I look back to my time on the team, Wasn't my job to let people go because they belonged to the firm that I was working with. But um, it really can make a a difference depending on how people communicate and whether they're team players. And you need to give yourself grace to understand that hiring is, um, there's not a perfect process to it. And you may make mistakes (laughs) and you may just have to be really upfront about that and let people go. But if you plan, for that leeway and you you have really open discussions with somebody in advance it can be a lot less painful of a process
0: okay so let's say if you hire somebody mm-hmm. whoever that person is whatever skill they have how much training are you willing to give somebody to do the task obviously so if you go from business to mm-hmm. business every business is different so before you're like okay i'll give you two weeks of training. And then after that, if you cannot do it, then I'm sorry, we have to let you go, obviously, right? So yeah. what for your thoughts on that?
1: Well, it is going to depend. It's going to depend, first of all, on the business budget, right? How much time and leeway do you have to invest in somebody? And um, what I look for is somebody who is a natural self-starter and they're a fast learner. So it doesn't really matter to me if they come with the skills, so long as they can pick things up quickly and they're motivated to do that. I'm actually less concerned about what they come with than the attitude that they come with. Gotcha. And that's so. Ins-
0: yeah, that's exactly what it's going to do because in the entrepreneur mm-hmm. mindset it's like, I know what I need to get it done. I need somebody who could just pick it up. Even if you don't know, I'll teach you. And then boom, good. So that's exactly what I'm so glad you said that.
1: Well, and the other reality of being in this space is our tools change, our systems change, our businesses evolve. And so it it honestly doesn't matter if they come with a whole bunch of, you know, experience with a certain software, the the significant likelihood is they're going to have to learn another one. And so, right, just being really flexible and adaptable with change, I think, is a huge, huge part of at least businesses in this space.
0: Right, so what would be the two favorite software you cannot live without in your business?
1: Mm. Well, I mean right now it's the automation tools that I use the most, which are Infusionsoft that runs my CRM and all the back-end stuff. And then actually my calendar my calendaring system, right? Because that funnels everybody either into my introductory calls, my client calls or my podcast guest spots. And so having that all automated with the the applications, the forms, the legal stuff that they need to sign off on, it's it saves so much time.
0: I could not agree more with the calendar lease stuff because that is like an awesome service. (laughs)
1: It's just a a waste of human time to have a VA doing all the work of calendar. Like, let's be clear, my VA still has to help me calendar some things, right? And connecting with people and getting everything scheduled. But to the extent that you can automate as much of that as possible, it's a lifesaver.
0: Yep, and then you can obviously have your VA do some more important stuff for that. But mm-hmm. I mean, I really, really wish Calendarly had their own affiliate program. Oh my God, we would be just killing it because we love Calendly. It's like, wow.
1: I know, I use it every day, <laughs> every, every day. day. Yeah,
0: definitely. Mm-hmm. So, all right, so once again, Heather, thank you so much for being here. Tell me a little bit, like, how can people find you and... We'll go from there and uh, thank you.
1: you. No, I appreciate it. So again, you can find me at legalwebsitewarrior.com. I've got a contact form there. You can um, go find me on LinkedIn. I love to connect on LinkedIn. It's just under my name, Heather Pierce Campbell and Pierce is P-E-A-R-C-E. And then I forgot to mention, you can also find me on my podcast on my podcast guts, grit and great business, which is on um, Apple podcast. And so you can go search that and um, Mark, I'll have to get you on the podcast, but it's a great, it's been a really fun way to connect with people and bring very, very interesting conversations about the business building journey to the folks that I already serve.
0: Oh yeah, man. It's definitely been a, you know, you get to connect with so many different people Mm -hmm. and then for me, Elise, I'm sure you have the same experience. You get inspired by like some of the things they have done, and you're thinking, "My God, I haven't done one tenth of that thing. Like, what am I wasting my time on?" <laughs> you know. So yeah, definitely be a real pleasure to be on your podcast. Definitely. So thank you for being here. I truly appreciate it. I know everybody who's gonna listen to it, they will appreciate all your information that you give. And they will definitely go to your website and check it out. And then I will make sure that they get all of that information in the show notes. And we can go from there.
1: Perfect. I appreciate it. Great to connect with you, Mark. I'll be in touch.